1: Rich, how often do you think about Rome?
0: Every day, Grace.
1: Rome Season 1, Episode 1, The Stolen Eagle is over, but here on Post Show Recaps, we are just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm here with my co-host, DM Philly. Rich, how you doing?
0: I am so good. Am I supposed to chant? Leader. Leader. Uh, well, leader. I don't know.
1: There it is. Uh, I don't know if I'm a general, but uh, alas. Uh, I can chant Philly if you want. Oh, no.
0: Please don't. Yeah. Uh, please don't. don't. I'm very excited. I'm really psyched to be here with you talking about Rome. This is going to be very fun, Chris.
1: Yes. Very excited. Uh, this is a, I, I can't take credit for this. This is the brainchild of one Josh Wiggler, who then wisely declined to talk about Rome every single day. But you and I are fools uh, and decided to do it. So all month long in October, every weekday, there will be a new uh, recap of HBO's TV show, Rome,
0: Rich. Yeah. So this is where I'm supposed to say, Wiggler, Wiggler, see me. (laughs) I am DM Philly. Uh-huh. These bloody words are my gift to you. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that appropriate yeah, no, um, to give to the Caesar of PSR? Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, yeah. So every weekday we'll be recapping as 22 episodes of Rome and 22 weekdays this October. So it had to happen. It's the fall of Rome, Rich.
0: Uh, I'm really excited. This is like a classic Wiggler pun written all over it, Grace. I love the show. I watched it years ago, shortly after it aired, and it's not a show that I've gone back to. You, I'm like a chronic rewatcher, as you know. A great distinction between the two of us. And I, it's not something I've revisited, but it's got such a tremendous cast. I think it's really well written, and I think when you look at um, like historians that talk about Rome, they talk about it, especially like you know Roman historians <laughs> talk about it as just one of the uh like great kind of depictions of actual Roman history in a, in a pretty forthright way, as forthright as we can get without knowing certain things. There's a great deal of conjecture about our characters, of course, but when it comes to the actual um production itself, it's really quite an achievement. And I think we get such a staggering cast. Uh, folks who know me know that I'm like often on the fantasy beat. I am currently talking about Lindsay Duncan and Ray Stevenson separately on the Wheel of Time and Ahsoka, both shows of which are about to wrap up with their final episode in this first week of October. So I'm delighted to get to extend uh, the duration of my affection for these folks on the airwaves. Grace.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. So we'll be recapping every weekday. Make sure you subscribe, post slash Rome. That's very helpful as we launch this new podcast to get it into the feeds. Again, this is the fall of Rome. Rich is a show I have not watched. Uh, Weird that I have not watched an HBO show, but alas, here I am. Is it an HBO show? I keep saying this. It It is.
0: It's an HBO BBC joint production, I believe. I think it aired originally on HBO. It's a little bit like uh, *His Dark Materials*. The great Melissa Woodward and I covered that, and it it started as like a BBC production that HBO kind of like ponied up and contributed to along the way.
1: Okay, God, I was just second guessing myself as I like didn't see HBO as I'm like reading through, but no, it's definitely on HBO. And this is I'm I am a history major. I did take some classes Ooh. on on uh, in in university on uh, you know ancient cultures, but I mostly studied Canadian social history. So my expertise may be lacking, although I can talk about history. So I I am a very excited um, to to cover the show. I really enjoyed episode one. So this will be a bit of a this is a weird one. I was gonna say it's a spoiler free recap except this is history so if you don't want to be we, we might actually spoil some stuff yep. because i know i'm going to be doing some digging and searching yep. along uh, as i'm as i'm doing it and if i'm going to bring up those facts so it's like you know it's we'll try not to spoil like things that are you know, character having on the show. I can't because I haven't seen it. Sure. But uh, alas, there might be things will be like, I don't know if you know this, but Caesar dies pretty in a pretty epic fashion.
0: Yeah, indeed he does. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of players here in the ensemble like Mark Anthony that we know a little bit about the history of. I am covering The Winter King also with Prez. Right. It's a show on MGM+. Plus. It's an Arthurian retelling and like the Arthur myth and legend has a lot of connection to the kind of fall of the Roman Empire in certain right. ways. So I've been doing this like uh, extraneous kind of deep dive on the collapse of the roman empire and unironically thinking about the roman empire every day before this project (laughs) even came up grace so in that way like i'm not looking to spoil any plot points and quite frankly guys it's been a long time i've read a lot watched a lot listened to a lot since then so there's a lot that's going to be a surprise for me to re-encounter and and i'm kind of excited about that i think it's going to be fun Yeah, it should be fun.
1: All right, so today we're going to chat about season one, episode one. The show is two seasons long. First season is 12 episodes. Season two is 10, giving us a delightful 22 episodes. But today we are talking about The Stolen Eagle, which I actually think is a pretty good premiere, Rich, in terms of how it sets up what this show is going to be about. As I like to say, let the show tell us what it is. I feel like it does a pretty good job in episode one, but let me give the quick plot recap. Julius Caesar has pretty much finished defeating the Gauls and has earned the love of the romans meanwhile his cohort pompey pompey as i've learned it's not pompey it's pompey magnus has begun to see that either getting caesar getting all the love and glory despite being away in gaul for eight years um meanwhile a of Julia puts several plans in motion to secure her family's power she sends her son octavian to gaul to deliver caesar a gift horse while offering her daughter to the recently widowed pompey Her plans go awry when Octavian is kidnapped by bandits and Pompey declines the betrothal. Caesar's golden eagle is stolen and Lucius Veronius is tasked with returning it. He brings along prisoner Titus Polo to return it, though both know it's a bit unlikely that they will find it. However, when they find the captured Octavian and rescue him, they also find the golden eagle in the hands of men hired by Pompey. With Pompey having made the first move against Julius Caesar, the general now returns to Rome with his army to face off against his friend-slash- so, and I, I think that's episode one of rome rich
0: that is kind of episode one no yeah. i thought it, it's a great premiere you know um you talk about being a history major i was really fortunate in high school that my my junior year of high school was a focus on renaissance history with the like specialization in rome and i, I get to mm-hmm. go to italy and i've seen florence i've seen pompey uh, i'm probably gonna keep saying pompey i can't help it but i know it it's hard it's hard yeah they, they always
1: are, they keep saying pompey and it sounds not as cool as Pompeii, but whatever uh,
0: What's I know name? Uh, that's right. He's not that cool of a guy, ultimately, as we come <laughs> to find out by the end of the episode, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, so I love this stuff. I mean, people who know me, I'm a dungeon master by trade. This is my day job. So I spend a lot of time like living in this kind of like historical fiction and speculative fantasy space, um, and I just love the immersion that this show creates. Grace, it's like a magic word around a Dungeons and Dragons table immersion. But I feel like um, short of the credits, which maybe I'll stop down on to be like gosh like this was before <laughs> the era of really like high-end credits on hbo right they're yeah. a little bit goofy but they you get are. into the episode itself and it it's transportive i feel like i'm being swept away to Rome.
1: yeah this uh, premiered uh august 28th 2005 so i do feel like you know this is a little bit i don't know whether pre-hd but you can feel it a little bit but i do feel like there's two things that i took away from episode one that i thought were really strong which is one As you mentioned, it's an incredible cast. For me, Mm -hmm. uh, the people I was most excited to see, I I knew Ray Stevenson uh, was a lead of this show, but um, getting to see Kieran Hines as Julius Caesar uh, was very exciting to me. Tobias Menzies, another person um, who I'm a big fan of, to see him um, uh, show up. He is playing, um, I'll have to, to... Pull up his name. Tobias
0: Menzies is Brutus. Uh, Mark is Brutus. Brutus. That's right.
1: Um, So I was delighted to see them, but I thought uh, I thought across the board, it's pretty strong. um, uh, It's pretty well acted, and then yeah, I think it does a pretty good job of. I think. It would have been very easy and and obviously episode one is centered a lot on Julius Caesar, but I would say Mm -hmm. it's centered on him and not so much like he's not in every scene of this show. He's in a couple of scenes and obviously very important scenes. And he's sort of the central figure to basically every storyline that's happening, but in a way that I find pretty interesting in a way that would, you know, that makes sense um, that he sort of things revolve around him and people's sort of political, um, uh, you know, machinations or some of these things that people um, are doing like are, are to I, I presume that these are our leads. Uh, they get bill as pulo. Yes. 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 Um, they're also like I wouldn't say like super centrally, you know, focused in on the episode, but obviously their story becomes I, I thought that the way that it all intermingled basically everything felt pretty separate other than like the referencing caesar but then the way that it all culminated in basically everything sort of culminating together i thought was really well done in a way that i think a lot of tv shows like to have their seasons nowadays where like everything feels separate until it's suddenly not and it's all intermingled in a way that you know is fun for the climax i thought it was really well done in terms of the climax of the episode
0: yeah it's really great just to talk like structure a little bit of Rome as you go part of it is looking at like the aristocracy the separation between the aristocracy and the average citizen right and uh, I think our soldiers in Pulo especially like really embody that and then you have the other side of it as we're looking in at like Caesar and all the rest of these kind of aristocrats moving and shaking just I mean some of the other folks in the cast like Indira Varma is going to pop up which is very fun to see Uh, James Pirifoy as like Mark Anthony is like beloved he's one of the the that guy guys that like you've seen in things but you can't quite place him even like the young kid that we get here in max perk is is like the kid from like master and commander of the far side of the world like there's a lot of great actors in these roles lindsey duncan like really killing it and i'm honestly uh ray stevens you know you know he just recently passed away within the past Mm -hmm. six months or so and he's doing this staggering performance on Andor. i'm not or on ahsoka i'm not going to keep talking about it But it's been really sad for me to watch this man, like, in his older years, give this, like, uh, just jaw-dropping incredible performance. Well, they're also
1: 58. Like, in one way, like... Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: I'm, like, not that oh, again, far off of it. No, I, like very. I know young. what you're saying. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's Long very young go, to yeah. lose him. But I just mean yeah. he's such a young buck in Rome, right? right? right. Uh, like, he's, he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So to be able to go back to this earlier role in his career and really get to sing his praises, because he does some great work on this show. Uh, the guy is, like, a standout, to be sure. And it's going to be a lot of fun to explore that. I thought it's really good writing. Uh, look, like, I think it's worth addressing off the top, but, like ancient Rome is pretty brutal grace. It's a jarring place. (laughs) The, like, you know, the, the culture clash between like a contemporary, like perspective on like social rights and wrongs and morality coming into ancient Rome is like jarring, you know, but I think in that way, like it does not pull any punches. I mean, it's a really visceral show. And I think that that lends strength to the story that they're telling.
1: Yeah, uh, uh you know I I thought it was really I think sort of the idea of and there's another show that I was just talking about that is similar where they want to tell the story and they have real life characters so so Julius Caesar obviously mm-hmm. a real person Pompey Magnus a real person right all the and then to sort of put in these two fictitious um uh, individuals to mm-hmm. to be partially the lens in which we'll tell this story um i was really taken by kevin mckid as as um uh and, and then um ray stevenson as as pulo uh, there you know in terms of the dynamic that they have between each other when they're riding and he's like why'd you pick why'd you bring me and he's like because this is a fool's errand and when i don't do it then they'll just kill you <laughs> because you couldn't do it um and he's like well what if i just what if i just fight you and and, and leave he's like well i'm i'm a better swordsman than you so <laughs> you can't do that and i just thought like i really like them both in terms of their um just the demeanor i i you know i Presume these are two people who become a bit of a, you know, not a buddy cop duo, but kind of a buddy cop duo. That's I exactly
0: what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, they're they're buddy soldiers, you know. They're just it's like a tale of two soldiers here right. in Vorinus, who is like so meticulous and, and like focused and trained, right? This is like uh, the lawful neutral, uh like Roman soldier, right? Where like Titus Pulo is definitely chaotic neutral. I mean, this guy is like impetuous, he's like drunk in the battlefield. That opening scene of him rolling out. This is a thing I really love, Grace. A thing that like I nitpick all the time in like the fantasy fair that I'm watching, which is like, why are nobody wearing helmets? You know, yeah. in a world yeah. where like one stray arrow, a sword yeah. blow can like take out like half your face. You wear a helmet, you know. The Roman like fighting styles also, the whole like reason that the Roman Empire was able to expand in the way that it did is because of their military sophistication to a great degree. Also the infrastructure and like the legalese supporting that infrastructure, but their their military was really rigid and defined. And, And the further kind of along we go in human history, the more we sort of understand what we think was going on then. So to see them like fighting in these rotations, they would like circle dudes in and dudes out. But I'm with you. This dynamic between the two of them of this like Felix and Oscar of the roman legion is very very fun and it makes for like just electric comedy and bits a pretty harrowing backdrop right off the bat
1: yeah so i like i know a little bit in terms of you know julius it's when we start rome is a republic uh you mm-hmm. know democracy great cool we're gonna elect our our representatives uh believe caesar's not gonna try to maintain that <laughs> um uh he will it will quickly become an empire the roman empire um and i think it's you know this question of why are men th- so if you're not familiar i guess i should stop down and why like, should stop. It's, it's not just that the pun is that we're watching rome this fall and it's the fall of rome the other piece that it's very timely is there was a tick i believe it started on tiktok where women would ask their boyfriends how much you think about the Roman Empire, and then would be surprised when they'd say, you know, a couple times a day, maybe four times a week, like more than these women were expecting their partners to say that they think about the Roman Empire. And it became it's funny real- because- Insight
0: yeah. to the male psyche, chris
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you have all these women being like, "What? Wait, what? Why?" And I don't yeah. think this is a thing. Like, I asked my my dad and my brother, uh, and they were like, "Literally never." So this is you know. Although we're Canadian, so maybe I don't I don't know if there's some distinction there. But alas, this is like the other pieces that there's been this meme about like how much you think about the Roman Empire. That's the the bit up at the top of the episode. But when some of these videos where you watch where they're like, okay, but, but why? I believe when I first asked you this, Rich, and you were unaware of the meme, you said, yeah, I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking about like potentially the fall of capitalism, like like in late stage capitalism, potentially. And like, is that similar to like the fall of the Roman empire? I think some people think about it in terms of like, yeah, how could it have gotten that big and then collapsed? Mm -hmm. I think some people think about it is a time of great innovation. There is a, there, there is a a lot of that, like, you know, um, aqueducts and all the things
0: they, I mean, know, even like it's it's like got all these foundations that it sets that remain the foundations of our like modus operandi of government in the 21st century. It's kind of wild.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I, you know, so I, I think that it's very fun then to like as we're going along, not just to watch the show and recap a very good show. That's fun. There's a you know, the pun is great, etc., but also maybe to for us to gather some insight into like what is the legacy of Rome, at least to, through the context of a singular television show that lasted two seasons.
0: I do, unironically, think about it often because <laughs> I mean, you look at the rise and fall of empires across history, right? And uh-huh. they all break. And I think that you make like, uh, you know, you make a joke as you're wont to do, Grace, that you yeah. guys are Canadian, but I think that like the American nation has uh, much more akin to the Roman Empire than Canada, maybe. Yes, we're like looking at analysis yes. in the twenty-first century, right? So that like state that we're out of like uber capitalism, the haves the haves, that's a consolidation of wealth. Like this has happened before, and it will happen again. To connect this. To yet another podcast on the post show recaps network race. Like, there is a lot of like mirrored stuff here. But I think also, unironically, as somebody that's like studied uh, Renaissance history, that studied Rome to some degree or another, kind of amateurishly there's a lot of bones here that we have built modern society on top of Uh, and and there's so much in pop culture that gets like recycled and regurgitated all the time you and I recently talked about foundation and I talk a lot about the ways that that informs Star Wars but like this is a Star Wars story you guys right I mean this is like Caesar's story is in a lot of ways really mirrors the story of Palpatine dare I say it right so I think it's going to be really fascinating for us as people that are super immersed in like contemporary contemporary pop culture to take a look at something that's a slice of like pop culture from 20 years ago that is then taking a slice of history from 2000 years ago and, and get to like layer all that analysis on top of talking about a really good tv show yeah all right well let's dive into
1: some of these stories here i feel like there's kind of like three plots here there is everything that's happening with caesar and pompey basically as caesar is away uh the the Pompey will play. I don't know what this... Uh, you about. got it. I think okay. he nailed it. Yep. Uh, it's a Cato who's, who did look very familiar. Our friend Cato. It's played Carl by Johnson. Carl Johnson. Yeah. yeah, He's been in a lot of stuff, but he just has a look about him that you're like, oh yeah, that's that guy. Um, But uh, essentially, yeah, you have this. The, the idea is that Caesar has been away. This is very... Uh, much uh, a central theme of this first episode is that Caesar is not in Rome at the moment, and yet he is immensely popular, basically for just like beating up the Gauls, uh, just beating them up, going to war with them, uh, and 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 uh, amassing some victory for for Rome. Um, and this, I I kind of love Pompey as a character because I. In my recap, I said he's seething, but he's very much not. He's very much a political uh, person here. He's like, very much like not wanting there to be any hints of suspicion that he might not be thrilled with uh, Julius Caesar getting more love and attention from him. I don't know. I know that there's the triumvirate. It's him, Caesar, and somebody else who I don't think is around by the time we start the show. That's pretty famous that like the three of them sort of rule uh, uh, Rome uh, uh, together. But um, yeah, alas. we'll we'll basically through the episode learn that like there's octavian basically is the one who lays it out for us pretty clearly he's like Uh (laughs) actually the golden eagle it's great that it got stolen because it makes caesar look weak and therefore pompey will attack caesar then they end up finding the eagle it's like but actually turns out that pompey hired somebody to steal it so who actually is like ahead in this
0: like you know jump the gun grace and sir tom hardy meme that's bait right there octavius Mm uh that's exactly what it is the whole notion too that like okay so these guys have military supremacy right that's why they have this veto power within the senate within the republic that's why pompey is like sitting on the big chair and able to shut down all the dialogue he's ultimately again uh these relics of the roman empire that permeate our modern culture like there's a lot of latin on american currency grace i like but um, we're, we're talking about the power of veto right uh, and, and so like ultimately he shuts it down because of all this political maneuvering I love Pompey because I do think that he is refined right he's not like this mustache twirling megalomaniacal like supervillain in that kind of way but he also embodies all of these very relatable human failings of like greed and avarice and pride like we can tack a whole bunch of those seven deadly sins right onto this guy uh, just within episode one and this whole notion of like we're friends we're friends we're friends also I haven't seen my friend in seven years and part of the reason that like Caesar is getting this praise and acclaim when they talk about he's a man of the people he's a man of the people his legions come back every time he beats the hell out of the Gauls and throw money in the streets right Right. like the people love him in an age where we don't get to go watch Iron Man kick uh, like you know the 10 rings ass every 10 years on or three years in a film like these are celebrities right this is like the kind of people like you would see it in Game of Thrones. The idea of these street plays telling the story of like the Starks beheading or whatever. Uh, these guys are like larger than life. They're legends in their own time, right? They like feed the zeitgeist of the era. And and what's important to acknowledge is like the Roman Empire and like Rome especially is like the the seed of power. It's a place of, like, great civilization. Once you get past subsistence living, once you create things like running water and plumbing, once you can feed the people and you're establishing government, like, your culture's needs expand, right? Uh, And entertainment becomes, like, a much more relevant kind of need to fulfill the people. It's part of the reason they, like, built that big giant coliseum for all the murdering, Grace.
1: They do a little bit of murdering. I, I want to, so, um, the, okay. So the first triumvirate is, is this is a, this is a thing where I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I, and this is where like, we'll need, if you're, if you're have fully studied Rome or you're like a big, you know, oh, yeah we'll need Please your pass. help because yeah. I'm just, I, I feel like at the moment it, it I think it doesn't, and there is this thing, right. Is it, is it from Rome? To, like when you go to war, basically like a military leader becomes like, they get the, this is what you're talking about the veto. And essentially, we're we're going to lead into basically Caesar's civil war and and him becoming the ruler. But during the Republic, um, I know the triumvirate is a is a thing. I um,
0: think that the one that I'm seeing is like Pompeius, Gnaeus, Pompeius Magnus, uh, Julius Caesar, and then uh, Marcus Crassus, Crassus, is the third yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get elected into these positions, right? I believe this is, I,
1: you know, people double check me if I'm if I'm wrong, but um, but yeah, they, these they have such great military. Command, um, and, and they are at war, and that's why they get to, uh, to do it. But yeah, uh, the, Pompey makes a bit of a mistake here, um, hiring folks to steal the Golden Eagle. Um, I just love Octavian. Maybe one of my highlights of the episode is him just like he, he seems like he's gonna be a little bit of a brat. I mean, I think the first time we meet him, he, oh, he, slaps, for a, sure. he's... he slaps a slave, I believe. Um, and then, uh, but then, but then, yeah, when he's just like going on the expose of like this is why everything you're doing is actually very. <laughs> very silly um although I guess he does do you think he knows does he know that the Golden Eagle was that they have it, these bandits who have it, he would have, that's a really good it, question.
0: Right? I would think no, because then yeah. he would like be much more haughty and, and pretentious yeah. about like, it's right here, you idiots. Yeah, right. uh, okay. He's such like a snide little jerk, but he's right. And I love it. I love this thing of like, even the worst person, you know, is right twice a day. Right. As he's yeah. giving like pool, for, pool for, and for a pool. for would like this history lesson, this lesson in like civics, even his mother being like, don't talk to me about politics. Like I'm yeah. so bored, please. Uh, But it's clear, like, this is this kid's thing, you know, and that he's smart. He is, like, a little bit of a prodigy in that way. He's taken really, like, well to it. But he's, like, a pretentious aristocrat who does think it's okay to, like, slap the slaves and demand to these, like, legionnaires, like, free me, I'm a Roman citizen, (laughs) you know? Uh, It's, like, a noble, fantastic. Exactly. Uh, I, I just love the characterization, right? The idea that, like, he can be, I think so often in, like, in depictions of characters that we meet in like modern media, everybody's got to be likable, you know, and yeah. Octavius isn't necessarily likable, but he's really valuable. And he's like important to us as viewers communicating these things. So I, I love that whole Pete as well. And like him elucidating for the viewers, like this is really what's going on. It's a great narrative technique. I think it works. Well, this is where, this is the
1: moment where I'm like, Oh, it's all like everything is, is together. Obviously the stuff with his, his mom and to explain his, his, uh, aunt is married to Julius Caesar, so that is how he's connected to to Julius Caesar. And her, his mom, is trying to basically sort of secure some some power. This delivering, um, this this a literal gift horse. Uh, Caesar, don't look it in the mouth. Um, that's what Octavian is sent to go and and do. Ultimately, kidnap. When he's explaining this whole piece about the, because like yeah, the eagle being stolen, I was like, oh no, that's not great. But the, the way it, it is actually Pompey and. Caesar plan with each other to figure out who's going to be able to make the first move uh, is it re- was really fascinating. I
0: thought. What I also love, that's like a kind of understated part of this whole gambit that Caesar is playing, right? This is a whole like poli- big political, like shell game where he's trying to bait Pompey into the attack is that once again, Tobias Menzies, like just playing the absolute knucklehead of yes. this ensemble of like real badass noblemen, noble men, grace as like Brutus is going to show up. And it seems like Caesar makes this mistake and like confiding in him. Like, actually brutus they stole my golden eagle don't tell anybody definitely don't tell anybody and brutus just like goes back home to rome gets blind drunk his like mother's trying to rein him in this his mother servilia of of the june this is um the woman who's kind of like got this relationship with Caesar or whatever. So Brutus is like almost kind of like a stepson in a way. And he's just going to go back and like spill the beads immediately because he's like right. two, he's two in his cups. And this was Caesar's play the whole time. Like, I love to see that like, okay, we're going to see a little bit why this like here and Julius Caesar is in fact, so beloved, so popular, so capable at like kicking the snot out of the galls all over the place. Right. Yeah, um, the other piece, uh,
1: so Oct- Octavian's sister, Octavia, this is a bold move. What if you have a third child? What's the third child's name gonna be?
0: If you name Octavian
1: know. and Octavian, is that uh, Octavian, ne- Octavian.
0: Ne- Neptonia, yeah, it's gotta be nine. I presume that these were like uh, the, the eighth children or like the eighth of each gender. That's a lot of children. I, I don't, I don't know. know what you
1: think, yeah, that's a I lot. Don't know. Of yeah. A lot of kids. Um, but um, she's going to be. Uh, uh, this is played by Carrie Condon, who's great. She had a big. Break. I mean, people know her, but I feel like she had a. Uh, she got nominated for for an Oscar last year for Banshees of Anna Sharon. Um, oh, she's yeah. a delight. She's a treat. Uh, also looking very young here. Um, uh this is a bit this is you know one of the more uh brutal depictions in the show is seemingly maybe pompey at his worst uh taking advantage of the early betrothal rights and then refusing to marry her and instead marrying um some other woman um that he 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 chooses this it's is so that the yeah the daughter
0: of the guy who like comes to him when he's at the lewd play or whatever right who like Got shows it. up and i think that uh i'm forgetting who it is cornelia my, is her name cicero's kid yes um but so yeah this is Brutal, right? Because I think that there is a little bit of a depiction of Pompey through the beginning of like, we're obfuscating how bad this guy is, right? And like, he seems like, oh no, he's Caesar's friend. Oh, he's sticking up for Caesar. Oh, he's like willing to badmouth Caesar a little bit in the dark alley behind like the CD play, right? Oh, here well, we he
1: go. And also, we learned very quickly. I mean, the first scene we see him in, I believe his uh, wife dies in childbirth. The child is stillbirth. Then we learned that that is Caesar's daughter. Yes. Um, and so that's the, you know, you're not going to make a move so long, probably, as you're married to Caesar's daughter. And then um, basically, it's very interesting. I thought interesting that Caesar goes to uh, a tie. If I'm saying all these wrong, please, please let me know. I think um, it's Atia. Atia, Atia um, to go to her and not his wife to pick. The next, you know, uh, uh, wife of. Pompey, and she's going to select her own daughter, but first she has to make sure that she is divorced from Glabius. Uh, Glabius gets a little better re- but when the betrothal is declined, and she's like, "Well, I can go back to Glabius," he's like, "No, nah, we're rid of Glabius. Yeah, we're we're no, done with That's
0: the only good thing to come out of this whole like, gonna <laughs> forget about it, Octavia. Yeah. It's pretty heavy though, right? Like Pompey's a bad guy, uh, and he's definitely like taking advantage of the situation, especially when you watch the scene and he plays it so bashful, like, "Oh, you don't need to do that." Oh, of course. not of course not right but this is all again like showing that he's just as kind of manipulative and cunning as machiavellian as caesar is for for his part like he's playing his own game and it's a much dirtier game uh, as he's back in the city um he i think he's just really mad he couldn't get that horse grace he really wanted he really wanted that horse yeah yeah but
1: it's pretty pretty bad here sending her sends her son off he gets kidnapped by bandits and almost dies and then and then Makes her daughter get divorced from the husband who she seemingly does love when, when she's like, how's it going? And she's like, pretty good. She's like, "All oh, rats. I thought I thought it had been pretty bad. I was hoping yeah. you'd, you'd divorce Glabius. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, the whole like offering her up before that they're married. And then and then obviously it doesn't go. It doesn't go through all, all pretty bad. Uh, unfortunate situation for Octavia.
0: It definitely is. You know what I guess is like compelling about this to me is it's been again a long time since I've watched this show but um in the interim there have been like so many other like kind of fantasy shows where we're looking at like the Game of Thrones, the Rings of Power, all this kind of stuff. Wheel of Time is out there and so often we're existing in this space with like these monarchs and the betrothals and this is a really different system where it's like oh we're in the Roman Republic and like yeah you're just going to get a divorce and then we're going to like go pitch you to this guy as much as it's the same it is like really yeah. different shades of what we're exploring. And um the women in this show wield power clearly, right? And right. it's very like, you know, traditionally compartmentalized in the way that you would expect it to be. But Atia of the Jewel is like uh, uh, she's a player in the game and not an insignificant one, right? As She's able to like gain access and wine and dine this men, like seduce the horse trader to be able to get the ultimate gift horse to send to Caesar, right? Like yeah. it, the, the depictions of women across the series, there can be really harsh and brutal and i don't want to like undercut that at all or couch it but um there are just some awesome portrayals as well and the way that they wield the power that they do have is really kind of fun to watch play out right
1: um i i thought that i was wrong servilia is is just a lover of caesar and he is married married yeah yep okay that's how i thought that they were connected in terms of like octavian being the nephew so i'm not i'm is there another like how are
0: I think that we have not, certainly in episode one, we have not met, like, the relation that connects them, right? Where he's, like, the uncle, the uncle. Uh, But Servilia is not Caesar's wife. That's a little bit why when she, like, Brutus comes back and she's like, oh, did Caesar ask about me, you know? It's, like, a little, like, hit or miss, you know? They definitely have a relationship, though, uh, and are intimate and all this kind of stuff.
1: All right. Um... Anything else you want to focus? On? We'll we'll get into maybe some segments here. We'll we'll do some weekly uh ever or not weekly, daily. We're doing this daily, Rich. Um we we'll we'll do some segments, but is there anything generally about the
0: episode? Um you
1: want to talk about that's not a pun because Caesar's a general, but it could be.
0: Uh it could be indeed. No, I just think again, I think that the writing's really strong. I think that like we are not Roman historians, so like give us some mercy as we're but gonna in like, 22 uh, days we will be. Yeah, we will be. Absolutely. Uh uh-huh. we will be. But Uh, you know, I think that when you start reading Roman historians talking about this show, they just gush so like prolifically about how much care and attention to detail was taken in the set designs, in all of like the costuming and a lot of the production elements and like the kind of backdrop of this place. I know, like notoriously for a long time, there was a big like five-acre set that they used to film Mm -hmm. a lot of this Roman stuff that was like one of like the largest like contiguous standing sets for like any kind of hollywood production for many many years uh so it, it's really interesting like all the yeah. pieces that came together to make the show i think make it like greater than the sum of parts
1: yeah uh if you are uh, as i said a roman historian uh hit us up in our dms or on discord or whatever um yeah provide help us uh, become become better um all right I think that this is one that typically on some shows Rich will do like an MVP vote you know we'll give MVP and LVP votes I think that this time we should head to the Coliseum I think right. you pick a representative that you want to fight in the Coliseum I'll pick someone and by the end of it we'll have our gladiator winner of the episode this can be I I feel like you know whatever whatever you know qualification you want to put on entering someone into the the Coliseum did they have the best episode they have a savvy move um whatever it is um but we'll we'll pit our two people against each other. Do you have someone you want to put in the Coliseum?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of characters that I like a lot that I'm, like, inclined to push out here, but I think that, like, for the start, and I think this premiere episode, I think Atia of the July is my vote, Grace. I just think, again, the way that she's able to be like, you're gonna divorce your daughter, now you're gonna go marry this guy. The, The, like, whole, like, bolstering of her son, like, she's just so bold, she, like, explodes off the screen. We see her as, like, this major power in the game, right? As, like, this invisible player. Caesar's, like, writing her letters with like jobs to do while he's writing about his affection uh, uh-huh. to Servilia right? Uh, Attia's like got her kid going north to, like connect with him. she's sending the gift horse she's like managing Pompey like pretty well uh, she's got like Octavia on her side I think she has a pretty strong episode despite the fact that she was dishonored in the end by Pompey's uh, rejection of her daughter.
1: Yeah I think I then got to go with the person I feel like uh, Atia up front is trying to do a lot of work and I feel like it's not very successful and so mm-hmm. I feel like the person who had Doesn't seem like it's going particularly well. And perhaps he's too far away to keep, you know, uh, control of everything that's happening. And little does everybody know, he's running everything that's happening is julius caesar i think i gotta give it mm-hmm. i think i gotta put julius caesar in episode one uh the whole thing is that like by the end of the episode it's like oh he actually wanted the golden eagle to be stolen very smart to think that pompey would hire people to do it he somehow sort of i mean he looks into i think them finding um the, the golden eagle but uh, a yeah, it's
0: really lucky it's really yeah. like uh, quite fortunate that these guys happen like, to find both his nephew yeah. and the golden eagle there's all
1: a, a five that. minute scene of it like this is going to be an impossible task we'll never find it we're never going to find the eagle we're probably both dead. Oh, the eagle. (laughs) You know what I find funny
0: is that like uh, Pompey sends sends the like assassin up there. I'm gonna have you take care of two birds with one stone. And what ultimately happens is these guys get two birds with one stone like finding the nephew and getting the eagle. That's true.
1: Um, I would like to ask uh, Roman historians why why uh, you know this is is this pre Avatar? Yeah, this is pre Avatar. Why the Avatar blue people? Why they why they do that? Uh, Uh, I can tell you that because
0: there were like uh, all these pigments. This is like a thing that was used by a lot of the like uh, the the pagans back in the day, right? It's the thing you see in Braveheart, when you mm-hmm. go back and watch Braveheart, Mel Gibson with the, like, blue. Okay. This is called woad paint, and the woad paint is a thing that gets used by a lot of, like, Saxons uh, in, like, the Celtic Isles, Northern Britain, the Britonic tribes to, like, paint themselves to become more, like, menacing and human frightening. It is Got used it. in a lot of, like, kind of uh, ritual kind of things like this, Uh, but also at the time, Grace, Blue Man Group was popping off, oh, and they yeah, say that yeah, yeah, yeah. as some that went to a blue man group show and was invited on okay. the show on the stage to wow. participate. Is by that blue man. real? Yeah, that's real. Oh yeah, my that's god, real that's real. Is happened. there footage of that? No, but that'd uh, be really cool if anybody has the footage of that. Yeah. Maybe, somewhere. all right.
1: All right, so we're pitting uh Atia of the Julii against Julius Caesar in the Colosseum. Rich, you can try to convince me. I, I feel like all of her plans go awry. The horse doesn't get delivered to Julius Caesar, the patrol doesn't happen. Octavian is kidnapped and almost dead. He does he does find the golden eagle basically but that's like one that's like a you know at best he's batting three which actually is a good batting average but I feel like here it's not
0: <laughs> I don't know anything about batting averages so you could totally manipulate blood side batting average but he yeah. does get the horse back because like the king of the the Saxons there is like riding on the horse when they get Octavia back so it's actually three birds okay in all, right, all right they get all right. the horse Octavio doesn't die he actually gets a good life experience Octavian gets to get like kidnapped now he knows life as a prisoner Gets maybe to get he's like kidnapped. humbled a little bit this is probably good for a Roman noble huh. to like live through that that being said Grace uh, Prez and I do this thing the dual scenes on the Wheel of Time book club yeah. where we nominate scenes and then we decide which are the best and yeah. ultimately like we've trapped ourselves in this like two person triumvirate Yeah, we, need we don't third. have our third person so I'm just going to abscond I think that I do have to give it to Julius Caesar I, I think it. Caesar is like a pretty big standout this episode even though like, he doesn't dominate the screen time of the episode in a way that I think Atia does. I'd yes. be wondering about that comparison. Uh, he's very capable, and he sells us everything we need to know about him by the end of it. Like, this guy doesn't have any misses. When we think he misses, he's actually hitting
1: Am I being results oriented? Because if I if I if I watch the show without any context of Rome, would I like necessarily be like, that was a really good move by Julius Caesar? I bet he becomes the Emperor of Rome. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but I know he becomes the Emperor of Rome. So I think it's like pretty good. Pretty good move. Pretty good I move. think
0: it's a good move. I think it's very fair of us to start with Julius, Julius Caesar. Caesar. I think just again to the casting, Kieran Heinz does this. Um like muted nobility he's got this like i want to listen to this. what he's saying sounds really important energy but he also seems a little relatable right like uh, he's not as like highfalutin as a lot of other like pretentious um would-be emperors sound when they first appear so i think caesar is a fair pull
1: um all right then we can highlight either a scene you really loved or like a piece of dialogue you really liked rift we'll do this each week is there anything in particular you want to, to note or highlight
0: oh yeah for me this was the thing that I forgot that happens in this episode and like going back and watching it I like stood up out of the chair and it's after like Titus Pulo kills all the guys where they're saving Octavian and he takes the sword and is like Mars Mars look at me I am Titus Pulo this is this blood is my gift to you I love it so friggin much this kind of like um nonsensical like very period genre oriented like line of hyping one up i love like the reverence for the roman gods like we didn't have to do an exposition dump about the roman gods and the fact that like he praised the christian uh, era would you like a lamb or
1: six pigeons (laughs) my best offer
0: (laughs) yeah exactly uh Uh, titus Uh pulo like just like quietly throwing in the god references but especially the mars thing after he explains to foreigners like look i'm a simple man I yeah. want to. I want to crush my enemies. I want to like take their women and take their money, and then I just want to rinse and repeat. You yeah. know, uh, like, uh, I love him calling Mars to like see him as he slaughters these like savages uh, in the North. Race.
1: I like when he draws a dick on the wall.
0: Yeah, it's very fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, there's a few. I really like the scene where they're riding together. I feel like it's the start. You. It does feel like the start of the buddy cop duo where they're like they're both kind of like. They're on equal footing here, um, in terms of like, uh, you know, thanks for letting me out. I'll never get a favor. He's like, This isn't a favor, buddy. Like, we're not getting the eagle and you're gonna die. We're hunting a black dog in the night. Uh, you're already disgraced and I'll just blame you. And he's like, Well, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just kill you. And he's like, You're not able to kill me. Like, I'm, I'll just, I think I'm a better swordsman than you. I really like that scene. I like the two of them, um, together. I always do this. Ariel and I have been doing on, um, on the morning show we called the aerial view and aerial gives typically he's like this scene is really important i think it's going to be great and then i'm like oh this line was really funny i want to note that um atia on top of you know being a pretty awful mother also gets the line in the first episode is add a little more arsenic
0: to her daughter's face
1: to her daughter's face she doesn't know how would she ever know that that's yeah. but alas a uh, pretty pretty funny line i thought to give to like this awful mother of like just for added, you know, hatred. How about she asked for more arsenic to be put on her. daughters?
0: I liked her making Thanks. Octavian gruelingly uncomfortable by lingering naked as long as possible in that That's bathtub. Yeah. Pretty bad too.
1: Yeah. 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 All
0: right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well,
1: we'll be back uh, tomorrow because we're doing this every day. Uh, we'll be back with episode two. And I have to give Rome a lot of credit. I think that there is a way, Rich, where if you are like we're doing the history of Rome, Julie, the, you know, the rise and fall of Julius Caesar, we're we're going to take this really seriously. Episode one, okay. The goal, the stolen eagle, not a bad name title. Episode two tomorrow. The episode that we're covering, Rich. Do you know what it? Do you know what it is?
0: I don't off the top how, of my head.
1: How Titus Pulo brought down the Republic. I feel like this. well, <laughs> okay. I think that's very funny to episode two. I mean, maybe it's completely accurate, but I really love. He's not a real. He's not a real person. He's a fictional So I think it's. I really love the episode title for episode it's two. It's
0: pretty fantastic. They are not pulling any punches. They're going to no. be really clear. This is clearly in an era where, like, spoilers were not as such of a great concern as they seem yeah. to be now. Chris. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you were worried right about <laughs> that, whether the Republic will
1: stand or not, but according to episode two, it's not going to. Titus
0: Pulo's comment for it, so they better look out. He's going to give the Republic to Mars as his next bloody sacrifice. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a really good show. You know, I think a lot of people talk about how it's criminal, but it's only got its two-season run. But I think it does a lot in 22 episodes, and so I think we're going to have a fun month breaking it down, Grace. Okay.
1: Um, I said up, front, it's very helpful if you subscribe. PostureRecaps.com slash Rome is how you can subscribe to the podcast. It's very helpful as we launch the new uh, feed to let people know what's happening and rate us and review us and all that fun stuff. So make sure you do that. I'm sure Sure, we'll also be on the binge feed and I think we're dropping in a ton of feeds. So you might be listening to this in the Winter King feed or I believe Ooh. the Game of Thrones feed, many Ooh. other ones. But the one thing I wanted to highlight that I didn't highlight up top is if you're listening to this in your, on your podcast app and you say, I would rather watch this and watch gracefully. We are on YouTube every day. So postyourrecaps.com slash uh, YouTube.com slash recaps, I believe, is correct. It's also in the show notes below. So you can watch us if you'd prefer to see us with your eyes talking about Rome. Um, Rich, in the meantime, we'll do this up front as we are here on day one um potentially a quicker version of this in the future
0: but do you have any plugs I'm doing so much stuff this first week. You guys can catch the finales of Ahsoka and the Wheel of Time Season 2. Wheel of Time Season 2 popping off. It's exploding. It's so good. Lindsay it's fantastic. Watch it. Watch it again. Tweet about it. I, I, I can't let it get canceled like Willow Grace. My DMs <laughs> are know. open. At DM Philly uh, on Twitter. You can hit me up. I'm talking about a bunch of other TV. I'm streaming D&D with you. Twitch.tv slash DM Philly. And on YouTube uh, are all the VODs to all that stuff that we have done together. DM Philly. That's me
1: cool I'm talking about the morning show with Ariel movies with Ariel we're talking Tales from the Loop with Ariel as well I'm podcasting a lot with Ariel and you uh, mm-hmm. our flag means death is returning soon and Justin and I are launching a new show called Full Spoiler Recaps there's a trailer out basically we're watching a new season of TV uh, that has like is aired either binged or has finished airing recently and then we're recapping it with some guests along the way so that's that I'm on socials at Hive from Grace or at Go for Grace we'll be back tomorrow with an episode of Rome but Rich I'm still so wondering are you still thinking about Rome
0: Every day, all the time. Ah. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm.